Okay, let's do this. We're going to open up, and today we're talking about grace. We've been working our way here in Hermanus and then in Somerset West as well. Light, glory. Today we're going to look at grace. Grace is one of those words, I'm pretty sure, that's incredibly overlooked and understood. So for today, what we're going to do is we're going to just downshift a little bit. We live in a complicated, crazy, busy world. So today I thought about, as we talk about grace, let's just downshift, let's just pull back, and let's take this complicated life of ours, and let's just boil it down to some things that that we need to just focus on. And this is a good time of the year for us to do that. So I've got this statement. We become children of God by grace through faith. We live as children of God by grace through faith. And we anticipate as children of God by grace through faith. So look at these three statements and consider this. We become become children of God by grace. We live as children of God by grace. And then we anticipate as children of God by grace. So our series is, it used to be called, when I first started this series here in Somerset West, We call it the Advent series, and Advent is simply a word that talks about the anticipation of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we built into the series the idea of anticipating Christmas Day and getting ready for that, but then also the focus of this series has always been on the anticipation of Christ coming back for us, and there's grace to be a part of that. So let's look at it this way. Let's look at it as grace already, grace now, and grace not yet, because this is where all of us live. We live somewhere between already and not yet, and there's this place called now that we live in. And so this morning, I want to look at those three parts and consider grace already as we look back at the incarnation of Jesus Christ and realize the grace of God in sending Christ for us, And then I want to talk about now. What's the Christian life look like now based on the grace of God? And then the anticipation of what grace looks like for the believer, knowing that Jesus Christ is coming back for us, and the anticipation of that. Okay, so are you ready? Say ready. Okay, Father God, help us as we just focus on your word. It's not about Tom today. It's not about even all the trappings and trimmings of Christmas. This is about Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you know all along as I was getting ready that I promised that I would exalt your name and your place and your person and you as Savior above all others. So we ask for help today as we do that, Lord. Pray you'll speak to the heart of every person. I recognize this morning that we're all in a different place in the now. Already has happened not yet is coming, and yet this is now. And everybody who's supposed to be here today is here. No one's missing that's supposed to be here. And so speak to our hearts. This isn't a moment we can recreate later. This is for now. We don't need to invite you to be here because you are here. But we do ask that you would speak to our hearts today, Lord. Fill us with an amazing um, passion for your son, Christ. Draw us out of our complacency or our tiredness or our weariness or even our doubts that we would see Jesus fresh and new and today as we look at his life and we think about that grace. 
And so it's in your precious name, Jesus, that all of us pray. Amen. Okay, let's do this. Let's do it as a way of getting started. Let's talk about a little bit about grace because I want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we talk about this and as we examine that. So I've put a, a couple definitions on the screen for us as we think about what is grace. When you do your daily readings this week, I'm going to remind you of some of that through the devotionals that we've done. Here's the first definition of that. In the New Testament, grace means God's love and action towards men who merited the opposite of love. Grace means God moving heaven and earth to save sinners who could not lift a finger to save themselves. Here's another definition. Grace may be defined as the unmerited and undeserving favor of God to those who are under condemnation. So there's a theological phrase for that word. This is right out of the scriptures. We would say this is Paul's explanation. This is going to sound familiar to you based on what we've already done in our service today. What is grace? The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his what? By his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I would summarize it like this. Grace is God's favor towards unworthy or God's compassion on the undeserving. Now, often what we do is we contrast grace and mercy. We even sang about that this morning. But grace is God's unfavored, uh, his favored measure upon me in which he saw my need and God brought the gospel to me. He saved me. He's redeemed me. And so that's kind of the, the already in my life, which is really about the Christmas story. And then God sets me on a path and a journey and a course in which I'm to walk. And we're going to look at that grace a little bit. So we're going to look at three points. Here's the first. If they have the outline, you want to follow along. Let's talk about grace already, and let's call it this. The celebration of Jesus' birth. Now I'm going to read from uh, first, or John chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. And as I do that, I want you to watch, and I've highlighted the words grace, because often in this passage of Scripture, the emphasis is on truth, but let's just change that a little bit. We're not minimizing truth. We're just saying, pay attention, because grace is in this passage as well. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of, what's our word? Grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And I love this next verse then. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. One of the things that makes Christmas amazing for me as a follower of Jesus Christ is to understand when God sent Jesus Christ and brought his birth about, when he brings about the incarnation of God, it was an act of grace on God's part. The darling of heaven is there in all his glory and all his splendor. But the plan is I've got to redeem a people and they need the perfect lamb as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of their sin. 
So as an extension of God's love and compassion for his people, by grace, for our favor, he sent Jesus Christ. Now this is remarkable. This is remarkable. And sometimes what happens in our culture, in our day, is that we allow all the things that happen around Christmas to rob God of the joy in which he expressed his grace towards us. I know people that are down on Christmas, and I think I understand why they're down on Christmas, because of the whole commercialization, or this is going on, or it's about the gifts, or it's about the tree, or it's about the lights, or it's about the music, whatever it might be. And in in essence, the materialism of Christmas has robbed people of the joy of the grace that he wanted to extend through the birth of Christ. So what happens in the Christian journey, and maybe this is true of you, for example, on Christmas morning, many of you will read the story from Luke chapter 2 about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, I know you've read the story of the birth of Jesus Christ probably many times over. And as we read it, there's almost this sense as a follower of Jesus Christ that, okay, here's the Christmas story. And it's almost like we, we fall asleep during the Christmas story because it becomes so familiar to us that I minimize what it is that God was doing. But think about the whole concept from God's side and grace that has already happened, that's been extended to us. This was the perfect example of grace extended to God's people. This is the Son of God who left the glory of heaven to come for us. Listen to this statement as one writer writes, this was God's publicity program, and I don't mean that in a, in a marketing charismatic way. I mean this, this was God's plan for the, whole, for the whole of history and beyond. He planned a continuation, a continuing e- exhibition of his favor toward man to cover all the centuries between the ascension and the return of Christ, and after that, all eternity. So let's look at this verse just a little bit. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 1 and maybe even just mark a few things in there that I think are meaningful for us. Because the word, in the scripture, John says the word became flesh. So God is bringing truth and grace to us, and he's bringing the Son of God to take on flesh. Jesus Christ didn't come as a man Jesus Christ became a man. That's really important to us at Christmas. This is God's grace extending the Savior of the world to us out of his love for us. And he took the person, the deity of Jesus Christ, and he brings him into the most humbling situation anybody could possibly enter the world. Because you know the Christmas story, right? It's full of, it's full of grace, He takes the very Son of God and he places on him humanity. He places on him flesh. Now this is the God of all glory. This is the one who's been spoken about all through the Old Testament, the anticipation of his coming. And God says, okay, Jesus, the plan is on. I'm going to send you and I'm going to have you become a man. I'm going to have you look and act like everybody else. But you, Jesus, you'll be in your full deity You'll be fully God, but you'll be fully man as well. And my friends, as I think about that, and here's what I want you to think about this morning, this is an act of grace on God's part, that he would send Jesus Christ to do this and to be like this and to take on flesh. 
In the New Testament, um, this is what uh, is happening with the word grace that we see. More than likely, when John there says we have seen, is just the author just submitting to the eyewitness of Christ. He speaks in this passage of Scripture that Jesus is the, the one and only Son of God. And I love verse 17. Jesus was full of grace and truth. It was, it was a gracious act on God's part to bring it about. Because in that verse 17, he talks about the law came through Moses. So the law was out there to show people their sin. But then I'm going to sin in, a, in, a, in the most graceful way I could possibly display. I'm going to bring the Savior of the world. He's full of grace. You'll measure yourself against the law. You'll see your sin. But don't forget grace. Because I'm sending Jesus Christ as the one who will redeem you. He will, who will go beyond the law so that we can see that. So let's look at it this way then. What does grace look like? What, what does grace look like as we see this? And then we think about this because here's what I think people do with grace. We, we, we look at grace as a thing, and I think what the scriptures are saying to us, particularly this time of year, is that grace is a person. Because what we think about is people being people of grace, and we'll get it in, in, in part two of this, but we think that we, we put on grace. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be giving. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be all these things. So this idea that I'm going to put on a graceful life. But grace, according to the scripture that we're looking at today, grace is that of a person. So you put on the person. When I came to faith in Jesus Christ, that fullness of grace reached me. As a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, I came to understand the grace that I now live out in this life, in this journey that I live on. So grace isn't a thing to be mustered up. Grace isn't a thing to try to put on. Grace isn't something that you just want to be a sweet person. Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas is the celebration of grace. And so what does grace look like? Here's the fill in the blanks. God reveals for us a picture of his grace through the birth and person of Jesus Christ. Grace already, it's the birth, it's the person, it's the incarnation of Jesus Christ. This is the time of year as God's grace people that we celebrate that. So all these other things going on can rob you of that, but think about grace, look at grace as Jesus Christ coming for us. Here's a picture that we now have in our in home. This is our little flat. We've moved to a little flat in Hermanus now. And uh, you can see from one corner of the house to the other corner of the house, all with one. We put a security system in this week. There's one beam that covers the whole thing. So that worked out pretty well as far as that goes. But I don't know if you remember, I think it was not too long ago, I was speaking here at Mountain View. We were doing our series. And it was when the grandkids started coming to our house. And we don't do a whole lot of Christmas decorations, but there's a little tree that sits on top of the, of the, of the table and there's a wreath, and I think there's something on the wall, and I would like to have lots of lights, but there's no place to put the lights and all that kind of stuff. And it dawned on me one Christmas that if you were an alien and you arrived at Tom and Nancy's house, and you walked in and they're like, hey, what's the tree about? Hey, what's the, what's the lights? What's the wreath? What's all that about? I would say, hey, well, it's Christmas time. I don't know where you've been, but you need to crawl from any of the rock you're on. I mean, this is the greatest time of the year. This is Christmas. And he goes, well, what's Christmas about? And then it dawned on me, we didn't have a manger scene in our house anywhere. 
So the grandkids are coming. I told Nancy, we're like a poor example for our own grandchildren. We don't have a manger scene. So we found this little one discounted after Christmas. I, I've got a little bit of Mike Scottishness in me, okay? So I, I waited till after Christmas, and I waited till it went on sale, and then I picked this one up. But now, hey, the grandkids walk into the flat now, and you know what we talk about? We talk about grace. Where is grace in this picture? Where is grace in this picture? He's right in the middle, right? He's, he's the little baby sitting in this cradle. That's grace. That's grace. And we as followers of Jesus Christ need to keep this picture in our head because this is God's display of grace for all of us. Amen? Let's look at the second part of that then. Let's look at grace now and the gratification, the gratification then of Jesus coming for us. Okay, so gratification here means the idea of enjoyment and pleasure because we know the already... But the part probably we focus on the most is focusing on grace now. Grace now. Let's look at it through this passage of Scripture, a very familiar passage of Scripture for all of you, I would imagine. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We came to faith in Jesus Christ by grace. The very definition of grace is extended through this, these two verses of Scripture. And here's what we can say about that. For by grace means this. Salvation is a gift. It's not deserved. That's grace. Salvation is received. It's not earned. That's grace. And salvation is by faith, not by works. What God extended to you was the faith to believe that he truly is the Son of God and he died for you. Therefore, you embraced the gospel, God's grace extended to you, and you became a follower, I trust, a follower of Jesus Christ. I love this verse as a follow-up to that. Therefore, as Paul says, therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So we have the already, but here's the now. Here's what it means to to walk in a life of grace now. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are, by God's plan, by God's redemption, a person of grace. You've been extended that grace, and now you exercise that kind of grace as you live out the Christian life, as you follow Jesus Christ. Now, I bring this up now because here's what I'm thinking on this. I think part of, part of what happens at Christmas and part of when we think about grace is that I forget where I came from. Some of you have been walking with Jesus Christ for a long time, so long that you simply have forgot what in the world he saved you from. And Christmas for me, this time of the year when I think about grace, grace is a reminder of what God has brought me out of. I was telling Stephen Robin on the way over this morning, I saw the bikers, and I, I would be the first one to church, right, when I ministered here, and I would hear the guys doing their breakfast runs over to Hermanas. You guys know what I'm talking about? And they line up at this intersection out here, right at the business park, and I would hear them, and I'd be like, you know, zoom, 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 zoom. And part of me, confession, was like, man, that's what I want to be doing this morning. <laughs> but a part of me was also like, um, That's what God rescued me from. Because if it weren't for his saving grace and have rescued me, 
I would just ride my motorcycle every Sunday morning because I wouldn't want to be here. The fact that he saved me. And then you just start thinking about what it is that he's done for you and what he's rescued you from. I think I have a series of statements that I'll put on the screen for us as we think about this. Who were we without grace? Think about this grace now. We were born in sin, and we were guilty of breaking God's holy laws. I got some scripture on there for you. You know, I'm not making this up. Next is, we were enemies of God and deserving death. That's grace. We were unrighteous and without means of justifying or saving ourselves. And then lastly, we were destitute, we were poor, we were blind, we were unclean, and we were actually dead. Our souls were in danger of everlasting punishment and separation from God. Do you understand? That's where I was. And then God sends Jesus Christ to the scene, the already, and he says, okay, Tom, based on that, never, ever forget, never, ever forget where you came from. As an extension of that, we have to be people of grace. Christmas is a reminder of grace now. The grace that has been extended to us that we can live as people of grace knowing what it is that Jesus Christ has done for us. So what does grace look like? Grace looks like this. (laughs) Bill and Debbie Tobias were here. They served in Papua New Guinea. They were here just this week over in Hermanus with us. They served in Papua New Guinea for 30 years in the jungle. Um, they would go to the grocery store once every 30 days by plane. That's how they got their groceries. They would fly out of the bush. They would fly back in the bush. Our whole call to ministry, God's work in our lives, was when we visited this couple in 1996. We went to Papua New Guinea for three weeks, and God changed our hearts and our lives forever based on the ministry of this couple. And I was reminded of grace this week because they're in town, and Bill says, hey, I want to go to Tabletop Mountain. I said, Tabletop Mountain, where is that? And I don't think, and I realized he was talking about Table Mountain, right? So I said, okay, we'll go to Table Mountain, you know, and we take him up. Now, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is going to exaggerate, I'm pretty sure I've been up Table Mountain more than all of you. Because anytime anybody comes to visit, we go to Tabletop Mountain, okay? That's, that's where we go. And so I've been up there so many times. Here's what happened. We take the tram, we pay a lot of money to go up Table Mountain, And we get to the top, and you know what? I'm on Table Mountain, and I'm with them, and they're like, oh my goodness, it's like God's splendor and God's glory, and you're looking at the mountain range one way and the city the next way. You know what I'm doing? I'm going like, you know why? I've been on the mountain so many times, it's boring me now. And I thought, how sad. And that's a little bit like the Christian life. I'm so, I'm so weary. I'm so used to the Christmas story. I'm so used to people talking about grace. I'm, I'm so used to this that I'm yawning at God. And here's what's happening to us. What's happening is that we've lost our awe and the awesomeness of God and his grace. And we've replaced it with an awe and an awesomeness of ourselves. The reason I'm bored with Table Mountain is because it just looks the same old stuff to me all the time. God says, don't get like that with me. Don't be like that with me. Today's a reminder of the full-on grace of God who saved you, who does a a desire that you would walk in this kind of grace and that we wouldn't forget so quickly what it is that he's done for us. So I don't know how Christmas looks for you. (laughs) 
if Christmas looks like <laughs> if Christmas looks a little bit like I was at their house and I was reading the Christmas story. No, no, I'm making that up. I'm making it up. I found I found this picture. But look on the back. See all the Christmas decorations. I mean, this, this couple's just so they're just so tired of Christmas. Look at the lady. She got her mouth open. You like shove something in there. That's what I like to do. When I, find, when I find people sleeping with their mouth open, you want to put a sock or something in there, you know. But don't let this be us this Christmas. This is not, this is not a person of grace. This is a person who's bored with God. And God desires that we wouldn't be like that. So what does grace act like? We know what it looks like now. Here's what grace act like, acts like. God reveals for us a picture of grace through the way we live and we rely on Jesus Christ. Grace is God's compassion for us. And although, and Pastor Mark spoke on this when he was in Hermanus um, last week. Were you in there last week? Um, for some people, this is the best time of the year, the greatest time of the year. For some people, it's not. It's not. And if it's the first Christmas without a loved one, if it's the first Christmas after a divorce, or it's the first Christmas after the kids have left, if it's the first Christmas being unemployed, whatever it might be, it may not be the greatest time of the year, but this is the most gracious time of the year. This is graciousness of God extended to us. Okay, grace already, grace now. Here's the third and the last. Grace not yet. This is the anticipation of Jesus coming for us. Hey, you guys all know, I think you all know, the first verse in the Bible. Genesis 1-1 says this. Just shout it out. In the beginning, what else? God created the heavens and the earth, right? I mean, we like nail that first one. And it's so central to our theology and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know the last verse in your Bible? Go there. Go to Revelation and go to 22. I want to show it to you because I think there's a reason that John writes. He gets to the conclusion of this incredible vision that he's had of revealing Jesus Christ to us. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then in the last two verses of the Bible, this is really good, and I'm going to give you a little exercise built around this. Revelation 22 I'll put it on the screen for you. Revelation 22, verses 20 through 21. He who testifies these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Now watch the last verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with who? With all of you. If Paul were writing, he said, The Lord Jesus be with all y'all. John writes and says, Hey, the peace. No? The truth, no. The love, no. The wealth, no. All the things that John could have put in there, and the last phrase the Bible used is the word, what? Grace. Because grace will carry you. That's why John writes what he writes. It's the grace of God extended to us. None of these other things. So wherever we find ourselves this morning... I think we need, to, we need to pray like John prayed. We need to respond like John responded. So in the conclusion of this work of God through the Holy Scriptures, this is the last statement. He who testifies these things 
everything that I've told you now up to this point, right? Because I only got I only got 13 words left or whatever's left there. Surely, here's what Jesus says, surely I'm coming again. That's Advent. Surely I am coming again. To which John replies, Amen. And then he just shouts, Come, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Remember the first time I was praying? I can't remember who I was praying with. You've probably heard this. You've heard people pray like this. We were praying in a group. And the prayer was this. It was, Jesus, your people are hurting. Come, Jesus, come. This is what, this is what we need to do. It's the already, it's the now, but do not lose hope of what's yet to come. It's the anticipation that Jesus Christ is coming back for us. And that act of Jesus coming back is in the fullness of his grace. He's coming back to rescue us once and for all and to be done with this life on earth. In the meantime, go after the now, but do not forget. And I think what we can do is why don't we pray this way? Over the Christmas season, let's do this. Over the rest of the Christmas season, as we pray in our morning times, in our quiet times, even as you read the devotional book this week, how about through prayer times around the Christmas season when we have meals together with family? Let's conclude those prayers with the prayer of John. Come, Jesus, come. Some of you are sitting right now and you're so tired and you're so weary and you don't even know what's next. I would pray, Jesus, come now. Jesus, come now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're not born again. You'd be, you should be so fearful of that statement because he could come this afternoon. And if he comes this afternoon and you've not believed in him by faith through grace, you're going to miss Jesus Christ. You're going to miss him. You're still going to be here. He's going to take me and we're gone. Jesus is coming back for us. Come, come, Lord Jesus. We're tired. Have you not looked at the world around you, Jesus? Do you see? Can't you see this whole place seems out of control? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, your people are hurting. What grace expects then. That's what we want to expect. Grace expected. God reveals for us a picture of grace through the way we pray and the way we hope. And I'm reminding you as God's children this morning, as part of the Mountain View family, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope in that. Even as I look at it, some of you, I know your story and you know my story. Expect it. He's coming for you. So this is the little graphic I think that's so fitting for this. I think this is the way we pray. Are you up for it? Say those words with me. Come, Jesus, come. Come, Jesus. Come for us. Grace already. Grace now. But grace not yet. He's, he's coming for us. Let me use this as our closing um, application and we're going to pray. It goes back to the first statement that I made there on the screen. As you think about this already, now, and not yet, I became a child of God by what? Matter of fact, why don't you, why don't you do this? Would you stand with me? Just stand together. Let's read this together as a closing statement to our, our service this morning and that of the word grace. And let's read it all together based on what we've heard from God this morning. And then I'm going to pray for you and you're going to pray for me this morning. Are you ready? Okay, let's read it together. I became a child of God by grace through faith.
a grace through faith. And I anticipate the child of God with faith. Amen. Grab the person's hand who's next here. We're going to pray for them as well. Father God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the abundance of grace upon grace in our lives. Thank you for reminding us of what it is that you've done for us through Jesus Christ. And fathers, we celebrate the season. Help us to to see little Jesus in that manger as an example of the grace extended to us. But Jesus, we don't stay there, and so we just cry out for just an extension of your grace in our lives as we walk with you. Help us to be, be less full of ourselves and to be more full of you as we recognize what you've done for us. And then, Father, the anticipation of what's yet to come. It's almost like the song I can only imagine. And just anticipating what that's going to be like. And so would you, would you I, I cry out to you, I ask you this morning to keep our hearts full of grace. Because this world right now, the way I see it and the way I stand, it looks like we're going to barely survive. And there are people who are hurting. I'm hurting. But our cry this morning is, come, Jesus, come. We are so ready for you. And we'll be ready with hearts of grace to receive you. Keep our hearts full till then. We pray for the hands we're holding this morning. Those who we love those who sometimes were the hardest on, and yet we desire to be people of grace in their lives. And we pray for them this morning. Father, you do what only you can do. As we continue to worship you and praise you, we just give you our whole hearts as we honor you this morning. Through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.